Um, a graphic novel, a, a romantic, well, romantic implies that there's like, it's not a complete romance. It is, it is a full-on romance novel, graphic novel, a, a graphic romance novel. There we go. I got there. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, you are in Australia, right? Yeah, I'm in Perth. You're in Perth, so it's it is the next day for you right now. It is your morning. Yes, I just got up a little bit ago, so if my voice is a little gravelly, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we it lends some gravitas. No one needs to know that mm. it's just because you were a little eepy. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am so excited to talk to you today, Sarah. Um, for I'm always excited to talk to to talk to authors, but. I like specifically like the more I was looking through your credits and your your like backlist and stuff, the more excited I was getting because I've I've read um, a bunch of your graphic novels. I've yeah. sold them in um, my bookstore before. Uh, hilariously, at one point, actually, we had a new um, uh, person working at the bookstore that I work at and they didn't check what section one of your graphic novels went in. Um, <laughs> so it did end up in YA for a brief time. <laughs> um, that was, uh, I think it was Esther and Patience. Um, yeah, which we corrected for sure, for sure. Um, but hey, we then like sold it immediately. So it was, it, was, it all worked out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, so I got, I, as I was reading more and more, I was getting more excited because I actually didn't initially realize that it was you who had written or co-created, um, Ruined because I, I got the like email from your publicist and I was like, hold on an actual, like explicit material, like romance graphic novel is being published by a actual, you know, traditional publisher. I don't care who it is. I don't care who did it. You sign me up. I want to talk to them. Because <laughs> uh, that's, it's, it's so incredibly rare. And then of course I, you know, actually looked into it more after I immediately said yes. And then I was like, oh, I know her. Um, and I know this style. So um, Sarah, I am an author, but I'm also an illustrator. Um, and I initially went into art school thinking that I wanted to do graphic novels. Um, and so I, I, this is, I'm you're the first graphic novelist I've had on the podcast. And I'm yeah. so, so excited to talk to you today. Cause all I want to do is talk shop. <laughs> so cool. Um, but, uh, that's not going to happen because I feel like that would actually be really boring or incomprehensible to a listener, but we are definitely going to talk about ruin today. And we're going to talk about you. Um, and all of the amazing things that you have done and are working on currently. Oh, well, cool. I'm glad we have so much in common. That'll make, uh, sometimes it's, there's a lot of explaining that has to be done when I'm like talking to someone who isn't familiar with comics and graphic novels. So it's really nice to talk to someone who is really familiar with them. I have the utmost respect 
for graphic novelists. Um, in the same way that I have like the utmost respect for people who do 2D animation, um, because I feel like they are akin in terms of like workload <laughs> and complexity. Um, and I, that just couldn't be me. Uh, like I, I wanted to do graphic novels because I wanted to tell really long narrative stories, which is why I ended up becoming, you know, a novelist. But I realized very quickly that my attention span for drawing panel after panel after panel was, whoa, boy, just really in the pits, just really. I'm sure that I maybe could have forced it eventually, but boy, howdy, the amount of work. <laughs> it's just so much work. And I, and I read graphic novels now and I'm, I'm so astonished because I know exactly how much work that takes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, for me, it kind of like ebbs and flows and some days are definitely more of a struggle than other days. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah, can you, would you mind telling me a little bit about you as a person, as an artist, about how you kind of came to, um, eventually co-create Ruined? Well, well, I... I've wanted to make comics since I was very young. I self-published as a teenager. Um, and then, so on the book, Sarah Vaughn is the writer. The premise is her original idea. Um, and I met her on DeviantArt when uh, <laughs> we were both fans of a webcomic called The Dreamer. And so we both were drawing like a bit of fan art and participating in the DeviantArt community for that webcomic, which was a historical romance comic set during the American Revolutionary War. Um, so we both shared a lot of interests. Um, and then a long time later, I heard back from Sarah and they were like, hey, uh, do you want to collaborate with me on this idea I have for a steamy Regency romance? And I was like, yes. Yes, I <laughs> um, do. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of amazing that like this little friendship that I made on DV and art, like ages and ages, like, Oh, it's even hard to imagine how many years it was like at least seven years between I was about to say, it's probably a decade right thereabouts yeah getting there like ruined was a bit of a long road um to get to the finished form that uh for a second has is publishing next week exciting so when people are listening to this is probably out so yeah it'll, be, it'll we'll have come out yesterday for people who are okay listening to this. cool yes uh, so it was quite a long road between like we started work on the book i think in 2015 Oh, wow. Um, so it might have even been 2014. Anyway, um, so we started collaborating and like, um, yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm not sure how much you want to hear. Should I just explain oh, how? Oh, I mean, I, I love it. I, I want to, I want to hear okay. all about the journey. I definitely want to hear it. Cause I, this is, I mean, I could not have guessed that it would have begun on DeviantArt. That is, I could. Yeah, even it was it. really cool. So like, <laughs> yeah, we originally started collaborating with me planning to do like all of the art. 
Um, so we did like an early version of it and then it kind of ended up in limbo for a while. But uh, Callista for a second said, uh, after she saw like the first bit that we did, she was just like, if you end up needing a home for this, let me know. So mm -hmm. later we did let her know and uh, eventually for a second was able to acquire it, which was amazing. I really didn't expect it considering it's pretty far outside their wheelhouse for like what I, they I, usually yeah. do. That's um, why I was, I was very surprised in a, <laughs> in a very pleasant way. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. What did you just send me? Yeah, so like for people who don't know, for a second is an imprint of Macmillan that specializes in graphic novels and they mostly specialize in like middle grade and young adult mm -hmm. uh, market stuff, uh, maybe a little bit of children's, but like if they have adult graphic novels, it's usually like nonfiction or it's something that they've licensed from like the Franco-Belgian sort of realm of comics so like there was nothing like sexually explicit that i could think of on their list so far um and ruined is part of uh kind of them kind of dipping their toe into the water they also released a book by m carroll a couple months ago which uh i haven't read yet it I haven't been able to grab a copy here yet because things are a bit slower to come out in Australia, but by all accounts, it is amazing. So if you like adult graphic novels, uh, M. Carroll's work is amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, when I was working on it under the first, second uh, attempt, uh, I was just coming off of having drawn The Greatest thing which is a young adult graphic novel that I did with them before this one. And that one ended up being a hundred pages longer than I expected it to be. And I was very burnt out on drawing and, um, the part of illustrating a comic that's hardest for me is, uh, the inking part. For some reason, I'm just like a very tense person and like, I don't know how to draw in a way that doesn't make my body hate me after a while for the inking stage. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I really want to make this book happen, but I really need to think about making it more manageable. So that's when we brought on Nikki Smith, who is the third name on the cover. Mm -hmm. um, so Sarah Vaughn wrote it. Um, she was very thoughtful of my, cause I'm a writer too. So, yes, you are. so she was very, like, I write historical romance, steamy historical romance, like, so she was very uh, thoughtful of that and incorporated a lot of my feedback and discussed a lot of the plot with me. I don't want to take credit for any of her amazing writing decisions because, like, she is a fantastic writer and she, um, mm -hmm. she should own that. Um, but I did feel quite involved in the, uh, I guess, the plotting, which was really nice. It helped me feel like I had more ownership over the story, which was great. Um, so I went in and I figured out the layout of all the pages, the flow of the panels, and I sketched out all the characters into like pretty tight sketches in comics. They call them pencils. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I brought the story up to pencil stage, which is when it's in like a very legible 
um, pretty refined form, but the line art isn't polished yet. So Nikki went in and did the inks, which is when you do the final line art, you kind of trace over the pencils. Um, she also brought a, bought the, brought a bit of her own personality into it, which was great because she's an amazing writer and artist in her own right. Um, and she also flatted those pages for me. So with coloring comics, sometimes you can make your life a bit easier by hiring a flatter who will go in and like drop in just flat colors and shapes underneath the line art so that you don't have to deal with that, that kind of step. Yes. Uh, so she did that and also even dropped in the character colors for me. I gave her palettes to work with. So on just the characters in each scene, he dropped in like their skin and hair and clothing colors. Um, and then I went back in and I took the package that she gave me and I did some little tweaks and I colored everything to the polished level. I finished the lettering. Um, and we did the lettering. Yeah. 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 And then it was done. So it was a very, it's a different kind of collaboration than first second usually does for comics. I think this sort of thing is more common in like, like Marvel or DC comics, but even then, instead of having someone own most of the art like I did, they have it passed between like different teams. So there might be a pencil person and an inks person and a lettering person and a coloring person. Whereas I did three of those parts and Nikki did one of those parts. Whereas like indie comics, it's like the artist is also the writer and the uh, uh, flatter and the inker and the letterer. Yeah, usually I do everything on my own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I that's I mean that's I, my artist and author brain loves everything about that. Like that is so so cool that you got to work on this really collaborative um project that made something so beautiful. Like I was reading it again today. Um and I was admiring first of all the number of panels that you had per page and how dynamic they were. I want you to know that I appreciated the hell out of that. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I thought you, your composition was gorgeous. Um, and which is really something that m- most people, unless, unless you are an artist, you're not really going to notice, right? Cause you just take it for granted, but specifically in combination with your just stunning use uh an economy of line and to convey emotion and atmosphere um like your your art in in ruined is so spare in the in the best possible way (laughs) um (laughs) there's no there's no chaff there's no clutter um everything is essential and beautiful um and it was just like i couldn't believe how fast I read it again. I was I was upset. I kept going back to like stare at the full spreads you have. I think you have like what? You have two or three full spread like double pages in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just usually was like I think that it was the houses. Um it was just, it was really gorgeous and I I appreciated it immensely and I was so curious about um the division of workload there because I think yeah, there is this 
like well-oiled machine of like the Marvel comics situation, right? Yeah. Um, where it's like the assembly line and that's how they crank out, you know, comics weekly and stuff. And that works and that's fine. But the actual artistic ownership um, and investment in those comics isn't the same because it's, you know, not as collaborative. You are a piece of the machine um, and that can be wonderful, but also like it has its downsides in terms of like artistic ownership. Um but then, you know, there's also the flip side, which is when we have graphic novelists who, like, they do all of the art. <laughs> they do everything, you know, and they get super, super burnt out. And then they get, like, none of the credit for how much heavy lifting they do for the actual story when all of the credit goes to the writer. Because, <laughs> um, like, how is it? shelved in a bookstore it's shelved under the writer's name right um and i i I don't know like i i have such a i have such admiration for um graphic novelists and i'm and i'm so delighted to hear that your process while clearly being a lot and very long (laughs) um, was it sounds like it was really creatively a different atmosphere than either of those two options yeah it was and it's funny like the things that you point out specifically are things that like we had to have conversations on so like Sarah Vaughn comes from uh most of her comics before this one were image comics which are kind of more in like the mainstream style they have their denser pages with more panels um Mm -hmm. and when we started work on this I was like I come from more of a like manga background where there are some dense panels, but I really wanted a lot of room for things to breathe on each page. So I was like, can we go for like four to five panels, like average mm-hmm. per page? Um, Cause that's the kind of flow that felt natural to me and putting more than that on a page. I don't know if I'd say I'd struggled with it, but it's something where like I'd done it for some projects and it didn't feel like it quite fit my voice as a writer and artist. Cause like something about like, I'm not, I didn't write ruin. Sarah Vaughn definitely deserves the credit for that. But uh, I did have say in the plot. And also when you're, when you're drawing it, like when you're laying out the panels and figuring out the flow and the composition, Um, you're kind of rewriting it in a way because you have so much control over how the readers will experience those moments. It's like directing a movie or something where like you can completely change how a scene feels depending on how you've laid out the panels and how you've staged the characters and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was a big conversation we had. And then uh, you said that the line art's quite, I guess it's pretty simple and that's something that like I do with my own work anyway Mm -hmm. and Nikki also does with her work like I knew that she was the right person to work with on this because we both use a very similar workflow in software for our uh, comics so I knew like she'd actually taught me a lot of how to use the software so I was like all right I know that we're both on the same page. (laughs) Wait what were you using now I want to know. Clip Studio Paint. Oh my god! I that's like the the 
like monster in the dark for me that I always like intended to to expose to the light and you know like I was gonna do yeah. it and then I was like I think I'm just gonna use Photoshop for the rest of my life instead of learning that because it looks scary it was scary but then I had a friend named Nikki who was like <laughs> I'll show you how it works let's get on a video call sometime and I'll screen share and take you through it and she I did didn't have and... a Nikki. <laughs> thank you Nikki um yeah so like I knew she was just someone who like if we worked together on this there wouldn't be the headaches of like technical difficulties and figuring out how to get different software to work together um but I also just really love her sense of line um she's done a bunch of graphic novels too um the deep and dark blue and golden hour which are both lovely um like one's middle grade and one's young adult, or maybe they're both middle grade, um, but they're wonderful books. I love them. People should check them out. Um, but they'll definitely see if they read those that we kind of share. We both like a pretty light touch with the liner and we let the color do a lot of the uh, work for it and stuff. So uh, there was we... so much mood in, in the colors you guys picked. Like I, I kept going back and looking at the different, panels like when we'd have the shift from the blues to the greens to the really soft pinks and corals um and I I was I was just really admiring how you the palettes that you picked were minimalist but still managed to be really lush um and I don't know how you did that some sort of wizardry I I'm sure um (laughs) because it was gorgeous thank you Something that we talked about when we were developing the style, because, like, Nikki and I both have our own distinct art styles that, like, even if we share some sensibilities, they don't look like each other, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did some rounds of, like, okay, like, what do we want the inks to look like? What's our combined style going to be? And we looked a lot at, like, Jose manga, because that's something that's influenced Mm -hmm. all of us on the team. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, um, Jose is like the genre of manga that's like for adult women. So some of it is steamy, some of it isn't, but most of it is romance focused. Um, so like there's a really famous series called Nana, which was hugely influential for me and others. Um, and we just kind of were like, okay, let's like push it in that direction just the tiny bit, like in how maybe Nikki decides to interpret like my pencils for the eyes or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Nikki drafted up some examples, like in the back of the book are the um, character designs that we settled on and we kind of use those as references for how we wanted the finished art to look. Um, But it's funny because like- I love it. What is it? Andrew, he's, he's, um, his like, little descriptor at the bottom is just brooding hunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's definitely a darcy type like when i was drawing it every time i got to a page with him like doing something like vaguely sexy i was just like this one goes out to all the people who like read or watched pride and prejudice and wish that darcy was just objectified a bit more (laughs) I, i 
saw that panel. I saw the hand panel, the getting into the carriage panel. You couldn't hide that from me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, when the first time I read it, I stopped at that panel and I just started laughing because I was like, oh, this is my people. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it was cool. Like, we were working with an inspiration from manga, but, like, something with manga is it's pretty much always black and white. Uh, so they end up using a lot of lushness and line and tone to kind of fill the atmosphere and the space. Um, but we were going to have color, so I was like, well, we can still keep the lines pretty simple, I think. We'll just use a little touch of that so if someone else who reads Jose comes in here and reads it, they'll like be able to feel that inspiration. But uh it's still very much our own style, I think, which is nice. It's visually very unique. Like, I can definitely see the DNA um, in there. Like, now that now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's definitely, like, particularly in the expressions, um, I, can, yeah. <laughs> I can see it um, in, like, in the best possible way. Like, they're super expressive. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I love that. I love hearing about um, the influences and... And also, like, how you kind of have to, when you're collaborating with another creator, um, no matter what you're doing, but, like, it, specifically, it's really obvious when it's a visual media, right? Like, mm -hmm. how you kind of compromise, like, stylistically together. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, even if you're sort of similar in what you do, like, there are always going to be things where you're like, oh, that is not how I do fabric. No, 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 no. <laughs> that looks wrong and bad. <laughs> um, but you kind of have to, you know get together and figure out how you're going to move forward and do things like that. And that's like all of the decisions for everything, which mm -hmm. if like to go back to the, the workload, right. Um, if listeners, you have never done a drawing before, um, imagine doing a full drawing with characters and a background conveying emotion and the characters have to be consistent. They have to look the same. Every time you have to draw them. And so imagine doing that and then doing it a thousand times. Different angles, different props, different lighting, different expressions, same consistency. Um, and then add color on top of it. Um, it is <laughs> a feat. When you really break it down, graphic novels... Like, shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, it the whole process took us a couple years, I think, of uh, kind of figuring stuff out. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work, especially because, like, <laughs> Ruined is, like, 320 pages, maybe? It's long. And there's... Um, and you, yeah, it's a chunky book, yeah. And there's a huge cast. It's not like you guys skimped on the cast. I was kind of honestly expecting, like, like okay, well, this is really long. This is full color. They're probably <laughs> going to make it a really small cast because, like, well, that's just a lot more work. <laughs> it's just a lot. It's a lot as a writer. It's a lot as an artist to draw a bunch of people all the time. It's much easier to draw, like, two or three. Um... But but you y'all really didn't. You just you you put your freaking foot on the gas and said, let's just draw everybody. Um, and you have multiple storylines happening, multiple characters getting their um, 
their happily ever afters and then some of them kind of beginning to maybe get their happily ever afters, right? Yeah, well, like, I have always been, like, hugely into costume dramas, and my favorite ones are the ones where, like, sure, you can have, like, the main characters that you're following, but mm-hmm. a lot of the joy comes through, like, all of the side characters. Like, sometimes it's an ensemble cast, and sometimes you just get kind of a few forgot what you call them I'm it's funny like being a professional writer and like not knowing the actual words for like literary devices but the thing where there's just like I don't know like I guess in like tv writing they call it like the b plot there's just like a few of those yeah yeah and I just I really love that and I really love a secondary or tertiary character where you don't actually get to know them that well but you can tell that there's like just from little tiny bits in the writing, you get such a sense of like, this is a full person with really interesting stuff going on. And I don't know, it makes me excited about everyone, even though sometimes it's a bit hard because you wish you had more time with everyone. Sometimes I make the mistake of coming up with like a tertiary character that's too interesting. And I'm just like, I don't know, they'll just have to be an exciting mystery because I do not have space to do them justice but i'd rather have that than like no exciting side characters so i think uh, yeah i think it's also like not only is it more interesting to know like more characters who are fleshed out right like as a reader Mm -hmm. as a you know artist i think that is much more interesting because we're we're you know monkeys who just want to look at other people that you know are doing things um i think i think that is uh definitely there what i also think too is is something that you guys excelled at which is this idea that you do need world building no matter what you're writing no matter what you're illustrating right Mm. you need to make your world feel full um and that means that there are props in every scene that means that the bookshelves are always full right (laughs) visually speaking (laughs) but it also means that the world is not just three people. The world is full of people and connections, and particularly in a setting like, you know, uh, you know, Regency romance, right? Like that is inherently has a lot of people in it, unless they're, you know, locked in a, I don't know, haunted castle or whatever. Um, and it's, it's the middle of a storm and every servant has gone home, right? Like there's going to be people there and those people have lives and you have to kind of do this sort of shadow puppet trick as a as a creator where you have to let the reader know that these people are real, these people have lives, these people have stories, these people have families and ambitions and hopes um, and secrets without actually going too deep because you don't have time for that. But you got to know that they're there. <laughs> yeah, and something kind of fun that's kind of a new thing with Regency setting and stuff is like, there are different kinds mm-hmm. of ways to use that setting. So you have to figure out kind of the tone and the level of realism and specificity that you're going for. Quite, You have to establish that early so that like, at least readers who are like familiar with Regency romances are like, okay, is this like a super straightforward, like realistic, like Austin like setting? Or are like we a going fancy, for like like fantasy kind? Yeah, like and there's like some series that are just like it's obvious that they're wearing like 
like for example Bridgerton I'm mm-hmm. I'm very fond of the Bridgerton uh, adaptation uh, but it's a different kind of uh, use of that setting which is just as cool but uh, for people who are used to it you want to like be able to convey like okay this is kind of like an alternate version of history mm-hmm. and we're not instead of taking the costumes like super seriously we're going well they're still like serious but like they're kind of having a bit more creative license with the costumes to push period after um, it or having fun you know yeah they're having more fun in bridgerton which i think is a beautiful thing uh there i don't think either one is better than the other one and ours i think kind of falls in between where we're like we want to keep the fun trappings of this genre but get rid of some that make it less enjoyable for us Mm -hmm. um like it's not a spoiler it's just part of the uh world building but like for example there are queer characters in the book and they are not punished for it in the book um and making a world where that can happen was important to us um Yeah. yeah Yeah, I love that. I think that was probably my favorite piece of world building that you guys did was the the consistency of reinforcing that, but also not just being like, oh, and also I guess queer people exist, right? And we're fine with it. Like it wasn't flippantly done. Um, it was really it was really thoughtful and consistent and not just like one mention. It you know, it's um brought up several times. Um, both in like the little side conversations that you get when there's like a room full of people um, and also in like uh, the secondary characters um, are having their whole their own journey um, and it's just it, w- it the world felt very lived in and that aspect of it felt very lived in which was very comforting thank you a lot of that was uh, Sarah Vaughn's uh, mm-hmm. effort but I was very supportive of it along the way and pleased that they decided to go in that direction. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. I actually, I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, so is this going to be like a, am I going to get like a universe here? Am I going to get more of, of, cause I, now I want to know what happens in London with Mary. I got to <laughs> know now. Um, I want to know, too. I guess we'll see how well Ruin does and how tired Sarah is and a few other factors. (laughs) I think that would be fun, but who knows at this point. This is a pretty big, uh, because First Second hasn't done this kind of book Mm -hmm. before, I think the next year and seeing how it performs and stuff will be really interesting and there's a bit of pressure around that like okay we wanted to do well so that they do more books like this um whether it's ruined or something else more books you know and that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean also like if just thinking of you know so i i'm a i'm a bookseller um i write books and i'm an illustrator and so i have all these different like thoughts that go through my head when i you know, get something that's different, like ruined, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first thing I thought of when I when I opened up the package, because I, again, I, I read nothing. I read almost nothing before I agreed, before I was like, yes, please do send me a copy. I need to read this. <laughs> um, so I got it and I didn't even know that it was a hardcover. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, okay, so it's a hardcover with a dust jacket and glossy, gorgeous, full color pages. Um, and that was like incredibly heartening, right? Because that means that they invested a good amount of money 
in, in mm. this. They're, they're really pulling for this book to work, right? Yeah. At the same time, I was like, oh my God, the pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit intense, but I am very happy with how the book design turned out. Um, Molly Johansson's the designer I usually work with uh, mm -hmm. for a second, and they did such a beautiful job. I mean, they always do, but we were like, okay, let's look at actual books from that era and mm -hmm. kind of like once you take the dust jacket off that's what it feels like underneath yes. like molly found a beautiful marble marbleized paper texture to use and like the hardcover itself has this cute little like corner bits it just, on yeah. it and i don't know it's just delightful and i was so pleased with that so i think my yeah. favorite touch was the um the paper when you open it up, and I don't know the technical term for this, but like the the, the pasted paper on the inside of I the, think the end paper. Yeah, well, yeah, the the like pattern paper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so cute. I loved it. <laughs> Me too. It's so nice. <laughs> it's like no, it's so funny. It's it. I love talking about this stuff with you because it's like. I can say that to people and they just look at me like I'm insane. They're like, oh yeah, no, that's nice. I'm like, no, 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 you, do, you don't understand. You don't understand. That's not that I had to go into this. And then they have to do extra money because like normally they just like wouldn't put anything there. It'd just be like, it'd just be like a color or something. But they picked a pattern. Who made the pattern? I don't know. They probably they might have made it and then they formatted it and now it looks extra great. And that's because it's probably period accurate. <laughs> like, yeah, they did a really lovely job. Thank you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, did a fantastic job. I my full appreciation for all of the effort uh, and all of the, the detail that, that went into it because it really is gorgeous. And the book itself feels heavy. It's a heavy yeah, book. It is a um, big, heavy book. <laughs> it's, it's weighty. Uh, and it and like I said, like it's it's what, you know, it's like over 300 pages or whatever. It feels like it goes by in a flash, um, and which is, which is a, a good thing, <laughs> right? A good thing and a bad thing because I, I wanted to live in it some more, but also like, you don't want it to be so slow that you stop, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I was very, very invested in everybody and all the side characters um, and Lee opening her dress shop and getting, making her dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody and, and, and on, um, what is it? Mrs. Bent. I was, I was, I was so, so invested in her and her getting out in the world again. Um, and it was all just, it was, it was all just really, really lovely. Um, and I, I'm just really delighted to, to hear how, how it came together. Um, but I would like to talk here as we're getting towards the end. Um, I would love to know what you have on deck coming up. Cause I know I, so I follow you on Instagram. Um, and I saw that recently you announced, um, a personal project that I'm very invested in. Um, so I would love to hear some more about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, this is a personal project. So it's like, it's not a format of comic that a lot of publishers will do. So this is something that I'm pretty much doing for my own satisfaction and hoping someone will help me with it along the way, but I'm making it either way. Um, so it's a shorter graphic novel. It'll be like 100 pages max. And it's called A Home in Her. And uh, the summary is, uh, Howie recently returned from uni in London to regional Western Australia to sort out his parents' estate. He's struggling with grief and isolation when meeting Eerie changes everything. Through strange gifts, surreal shadows, and unsettling late-night conversations, he finds himself feeling at home with an unusual person in an unexpected place. And it's a subtly sci-fi romance that I am working on, a little bit steamy. Um, and it's kind of like, 
I've wanted to make more comics based where I live. I've actually lived in Western Australia for a while now. I'm almost at my eighth anniversary of moving here. And like most of my work ends up being set in the States because that's the setting I'm familiar with. And I'm working with publishers in the States, but I'm just like, I don't know. I live in a really special, beautiful place that I want to be able to draw and appreciate their story. So I'm going to do that and have a lot of fun with it. And I'm hoping to finish it for July 2024. Um, and if anybody's interested in hearing more about it, I've got a Patreon, which is where I post most of like my my art updates. Um, I do a little bit on socials, but uh, social media stresses me out a little bit, so I don't post as much on there these days. Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. And I also have uh, an author newsletter where I'll also put little bits and pieces in there if people are interested. And that's where I like when something comes out or something like I make sure people know that way. So, yeah. That's that's really awesome. I can't wait to see it. I I is that the the like tentative cover or is that just like a promo image that you you put up for it? The um, it's just the, a like, promo image, but it's got like the character designs are pretty finalized at this point and stuff. Um, yeah, it looks it looks freaking gorgeous. Thank um, you. I I can't wait to read it. Whatever form it takes, whatever format it takes. Um, I, I absolutely cannot wait to read it. Um, it, yeah, I, I saw that on your, on your Instagram. I was like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, cause it, it looks, it looks super cool. And I love a, I love a subtle, a subtle sci-fi or fantasy element. Just something weird. Thank it's my, you. It's my well, butter. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, you also have, like I said at the beginning, quite the backlist. Um, I I was like going through your website and I was looking at like all of your your honors and your releases and stuff, and I was like, holy cow, Sarah, please leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to hear um, what are some of your your favorite projects that you would just really really love for people to check out, like. Maybe your most popular, but the ones that you think are the best, that you just love. Okay. Well, the one that's probably most relevant to Ruined that I really enjoyed working on is called Patience and Esther, an Edwardian romance. And I, it's about two female servants working in a grand house in Edwardian England and then falling in love and figuring out how to make a life together. Um so, yeah, I'm proud of that one. It's also steamy. It's steamier than ruined. Um, Can confirm. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I originally made it for Filthy Figments, which is like a, an erotic comic subscription website where like every chapter has to have like a really good juicy bit in it for the readers. Uh, so the formula was a bit different for that one. But I'm happy with how it turned out. Iron Circus Comics, who do Smut Peddler, ended up doing a print version. Um, but I do also have uh, an ongoing series on Filthy Figments. Um, it's a really wonderful website that has like tons and tons of different comic creators working on series for it. And I have just one of those series right now. It's called Inglenook. 
and it's about uh it's like an ensemble cast situation uh it's like a contemporary drama um about just like a neighborhood kind of trying to heal from covid together i guess and like mm-hmm. um kind of how their relationships have evolved um and how they're finding new ways of being happy and horny and <laughs> uh, yes i'm i'm happy with the, how that series is turning out and there are eight chapters already up so there's a couple hundred pages to read on there um yeah and then i guess the other one so this one is not an adult book um it's a young adult book but it's my next first section for a second book. It's not coming out for a whole year. It's coming out just before Halloween in 2024. But it is a vampire rom-com um, <laughs> about a teenager who gets diabetes and his vampire girlfriend who can taste his blood sugar levels. Um, and it's called The Sweetness Between Us. And I'm so proud of it. I finished it. It's just going through production right now. And I really hope people like it. Oh my god. That is going to sell so well in my bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I am I am imagining myself and my coworkers uh hand selling that right now and it's I cannot wait. That is going to be such a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope that people like it cuz it's definitely like I'm really proud of it and Yeah. Yeah. That's really that's really awesome. I'm I I can't tell you how big of a fan I am uh, of of your work and how gorgeous it is, uh, and how I I don't think I mentioned this, but like how heartfelt, uh, ruined felt, but uh, your your other work as well, like that I've read, I it, it feels so, like, I think there tends to be this like desire in in these things to kind of like shoot really really high and do these really big dramatic like storylines and big huge feelings um and you have such a talent for conveying the quiet intimate devastating moments in both good and bad ways um (laughs) and and i just that's such a it's such an underlooked (laughs) Uh, like overlooked talent, right? Of like being able to convey the subtlest emotion because most emotions day to day, right? Are not huge emotions. And even in stories, right? They're not huge emotions. They're really subtle shifts, um, mm. especially in like graphic novels where we're only getting the the text, right? In the dialogue and we're getting um, the expressions on on the faces. So we're not getting the interior look that we get with, with um, a novel, right? Mm. Um, so it's just a, Man, it is such a talent to have. And I, I, I really do hope that you appreciate that talent and that work that you put in to, to hone that because it is really something else. Thank you. I really appreciate all the wonderful compliments today. I really need those sometimes. So thank you. Yeah. You're so welcome. I mean, I, we, all, we all need that sometimes. And I don't know. I, my personal philosophy on this podcast is I get a creator for an hour. Um, and for that hour... I'm going to tell them all of the things that I think they should hear every day. <laughs> um, 
and and it's and it's true it comes from it comes from a very real place because i i couldn't do a graphic novel people have asked me like abigail would you do like a graphic novel version of consort's glory hell no oh my god <laughs> it's so hard it's easier when you have a good team which i did yeah at least for that book usually i don't but for that yeah, one i was spoiled say, I like you're also used to working on your own and doing and doing these really cool like indie projects um and they're gorgeous and your art is gorgeous and you should just you should bask in that as much as you can um Okay, so here at the end, I know that I had you just tell us the the projects that you'd like people to um, to go look at. But also, I would love um, if you could just do a quick little rundown of where people can find your stuff um, just just right at the end as a, as a uh, repeat so people who, who got really excited about how good your work is um, can get another little shot of like, okay, go find them here. Okay. Um... So I am on Instagram, and in the past I've been quite active on Twitter, but I'm not really anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying Blue Sky. I don't know if anybody listening is on there, uh, but I'm Swinsy in all those places. Uh, that's S-W-I-N-S-E-A. But if you just look up my name, I've got a website with all that stuff on it. So it's all easy to find. And, like, Patreon really is like the best place to follow if you want regular art updates because I don't post a lot on socials these days, but I also have a free author newsletter, um, which kind of covers the important stuff if that is something you want. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put the links to your website as well as uh, Ruined um, and your social media in the description below as always for ease of clicking um but yeah definitely listeners definitely get ruined um it is a really incredibly gorgeous book and i think it'll surprise the romance reader in your life um in a really delightful way because we don't get we don't get graphic novels this is this is we're being spoiled okay we don't get this this is a special thing so get this get this for christmas or hanukkah or whatever you celebrate or even just because um because it's it'll it'll it's really really beautiful and it deserves your support um also i work at a bookstore so i'm biased (laughs) um all right so uh i have things so listeners as you have no doubt seen at this point um the uh the keen with hers podcast has moved to a special episode uh schedule which just means that i post episodes when in uh how i feel like it um which means that i get to do extra fun stuff like this interview um and uh you can continue to follow me on all the places that you know how to follow me at um all of those links are below under abigail's stuff um and uh i also have a book coming out december 12th burden's bonds coming out it's gonna be good um so get on that um and that's that's about all i got folks um so it has been a delight thank you so much for being on sarah uh it has been so much fun and i cannot tell you how how i wish you all of the good things (laughs) thank you very much i really appreciate that i wish all the good things for you too oh thank you so much sarah Alrighty, (laughs) bye kingdom of thirst is a member of the frolic podcast network Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to 
at frolic.media slash podcasts.